You are tuned in to the weekly wrestling podcast, the Ring of Discussions podcast, where we talk about all things wrestling, indie pro wrestling, anything like that. You are tuned into it. Anyways, without further ado, folks, go follow the show, Instagram and Twitter at Ring of Discussions Official. Again, Instagram and Twitter at Ring of Discussions Official. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. What is going on? Hashtag loyal royal listeners. This is your host. You know what this is. The Dream Discussions Podcast with your host from Hudson the Third Triple Crown Tri-National Hardcore Cruiserweight Champion of the World. I can do a lot better than that. Your Triple Crown Tri-National Hardcore Cruiserweight Champion of the World. I think that was a little better. I don't know. I don't know. Um, either way, folks, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. You know uh, how it is sometimes uh, with the schedule, but I think we're back on schedule after that little rocky week that we had. Uh, hopefully, you guys had a good Mania weekend, a good Mania week. Uh, if you guys attended any shows, hopefully that went well. Also, got to give props to our new champions that we have in the WWE, but we also got to focus on the indies, and today, I'll be having a special guest. I'm not having i already have the special guest on the show i have the alex reynolds on the show alex how are you doing today man i'm doing good doing good it's been a nice sunday yes it, it is is it sunny there or is it like what's the going on there because it's pretty groggy here uh it's pretty warm but it was kind of like overcast all day and now it's kind of starting to rain uh see the midwestern our midwestern weather's pushing that direction uh wit area what part of the country are you in i actually live in long island long island okay long island so yeah you guys are getting on the east coast area okay. oh, everything good there or yeah man everything's good okay all right awesome uh either way uh before we even jump on right into the show can you please let the hashtag royal loyal listeners of the show know how they can find you on social media Alright. Alrighty. And uh, you guys know where to find the Ring of Discussion show. Instagram and Twitter at Ring of Discussions Official. Again, Instagram and Twitter at Ring of Discussions Official. Um, and uh, before I get on with the show, I think I'm going to start doing shows with a little a bit of a joke at the beginning. So, I just shaved my face today, legitimately. I guess you can call me a baby face. <laughs> Oh gosh, that was that okay. I don't I don't know what I did there. <laughs> okay. I'm messing up here. Anyways, folks, this show's about you, Alex. So let's talk about your life. Let's talk about the beginning to the point where you are now. So let's just before we even get in depth with that, let's talk about childhood. Tell the listeners at home as well as myself about you know, growing up where you grew up, you know, your influences, things like that. Super, super fan. Um, 
But I always, uh, in the back of my mind, knew that I wanted to do it. So as much of a fan as I was, I always kind of watched it with like a studying eye, trying to figure out, you know, why I like it so much or why I like this guy or this guy so much. Um, so I always kind of went, watched wrestling with like a, a student approach, as well as being just a mega fan. So you mentioned Mega Fan. I know some people on the show that have come on the show in the past have been fans, but they've also had other influences, other things that they, you know, enjoyed growing up. What are other things that you watched? I know some people, you know, like cartoons, especially back in the nineties and eighties, cartoons, stuff like that. What were other things that you enjoyed watching when you were also when you weren't watching wrestling? Um, so like when I was younger, I mean like shows like Doug and Salute Your Shorts and all I could, like, 90s Nickelodeon television was just fantastic. Uh, so I watched that. I was a big uh, baseball fan growing up. I would watch baseball and play baseball all the time. Um, video games, like Nintendo 64, like, came out, and GoldenEye and all that fun stuff came out. I don't think I left my house for a month. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> but uh, there just came, like, a certain point in my life where... Uh, yeah, wrestling just kind of took precedent over everything else. Hmm. That's nice. So, uh, with wrestling, were there, you know, family members, friends, anybody that got in on the action with yourself? You know, some people may not have anybody else to uh, bounce off with conversation-wise with wrestling. You grew up in the 90s. You grew up during the Attitude Era, correct? Yeah, yeah. So everybody was watching wrestling. Right. So talk to me more about that, about your, you know, time with that, with other people and your conversations with them. Uh, I mean, like one of my best friends from when I was like three to, to, to today, um, he was a big wrestling fan too. So there was like three of us that were just huge wrestling fans. Uh, and we just like constantly talk about it, watch it, play with wrestling figures and, um, like the three of us were kind of just like obsessed with it, and then uh, and like we would backyard wrestle and do all that fun stuff. Um, my parents would like watch it with me sometimes. My mom was Valvinas, which like at the time I thought was cool, and then like not like listening to like dirty jokes, it just kind of grosses me out that my mom liked them. Uh, um, but, uh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's like a bit different, especially with having people, uh, having talking to people from this generation, especially being a part of this generation, growing up in the Ruthless Aggression era, never hearing stories about like the Attitude Era off TV, if that makes sense, uh, from fans. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool to hear how uh, the moms was in on Val Venus. So, uh, yeah. and, and with that said, anybody out there that has had experiences like that my mom was into the rock okay it's, it's a part of life okay if you're a wrestling fan your mom's gonna like one of them absolutely yeah absolutely it's just funny going back like watching like pull the rouse and hearing what he was saying and i'm like hey i don't know how why my parents let me watch this as a kid 
And B, like, yeah, I really wish this guy wasn't her favorite. Yeah, yeah. Val Venus, the the adult entertainer in wrestling. And in wrestling, but that was the 90s, folks. Anyways, Alex, let's get back to talking about yourself um, and wrestling training. I think we're moving a bit ahead. We're going to go back to uh, a bit of the teenagehood era of your life, the teenage life that you had. But I want to talk about wrestling training, unless that has, you know, parallels with it. Tell me about the first time you decided you wanted to lace up the boots and, you know, you took the opportunity to go to wrestling school and start training, if you even did that. Uh, so I knew that uh, it was always in the back of my mind. But when I was 16, I told my parents that I wanted to become a wrestler. Um, they thought it was, you know, oh, OK, yeah, that's cool. And then uh, when I turned 19, I had done, like, all my research. Uh, I had stayed home and went to college locally, and I knew that it was now or never. So I really needed, you know, all my friends were away at college, so, like, this is the time I'm going to start training. And, you know, 10 days after my 19th birthday, I signed up at uh, the New York Wrestling Connection School, uh, NYWC here in Long Island, and yeah, and the head teacher was uh, Mikey Whipwreck. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I figured, you know, I always, like, did my research and wanted to go to a reputable school, and there was really, you know, kind of no more reputable school anywhere close, in my opinion, than training with Mikey. I mean, uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zach Ryder had just signed WWE contracts. Mike Mondo, who trained there, was already on TV. So that's uh, with the Spirit Squad. So I saw that and I was like, wow, these guys did this. So, yeah, this is where I'm going. So tell me about those, you know, few months, uh, not a few months, the, the, the first, the beginning stages of training. Uh, it, it had to be something else. I mean, it's Mikey Whipwreck as well, and he, you know, from what I've heard, from what I've seen, a bit unorthodox. Um, if I'm correct, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, give me a bit of, you know, the, the a summary, a synopsis, or, you know, your side of training with Mikey Whipwreck or just at the specific school you went to. Uh, Mikey was, uh, he was a fantastic trainer, and he was also, like, terrifying at the same time. I would kind of have, like, mini heart attacks as I was, like, driving to the school for training because I just didn't want to mess up and have him yell at me. Uh, he demanded perfection, and, you know, if he told you something once, you do not do that the next time. Uh, so he kind of just, like, instilled this level of fear, uh, but it made you respect him, respect what we were doing, and take it seriously. You know, I didn't train in the ring for the first three months of wrestling practice. I was on the outside learning basic maneuver, basic holds, while I watched other people get in the ring. Meanwhile, like, every day we had to set the ring up, take it down. So I was setting the ring up not to go in it, and then take it down. But I knew it was like, okay, I have to get good at the basics, and then I will eventually graduate and get into the ring. And then Slowly but surely, I did that, and, you know, that fear kind of just made me want to do everything right the first time, and, like, Mikey would actually get mad at me because he would show me something and I would get it right the first time. 
so that also kind of bothered him, but uh, in a good way, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he commanded your respect and he kept everybody in line. It was, uh, it was a great way to learn and fully respect what we're doing and the dangers of what we do. You know, I, I couldn't have asked for a better trainer. It's great to hear, especially from one of the uh, legends of ECW and just legends of wrestling in general. Uh, glad to know that you learned from him uh, and you know began your career with him. Now, with beginning, beginning your career, please let me know about life during that time period because you know I think that getting into wrestling uh, is like putting your money into the stock market. It's a risky, you know, things could go really good or they can go really bad or they can go seldomly. Um, in your case, things seem to have gone quite well. So please let me know, you know, how life was at that moment, you know, financially, were things stable? If you don't mind answering that question, how, you know, how were you able to hold yourself, you know, uh, together with uh, going to wrestling school and being a wrestler? Um. I mean, I was a 19-year-old kid. I was in college, so uh, I think I was babysitting two boys. So I didn't really have a ton of money, but I knew how much training cost every month. So I would just, you know, this is what I wanted to do as a kid. So I knew that, okay, I need X amount of dollars for wrestling training a month in order to do this. Then I need wrestling shoes and knee pads and then you know, gear and boots and all this. So, you know, birthdays and Christmas obviously helps, but, you know, I just I just tried to, I guess, make ends meet and figure everything out. And then, you know, once, when I first started wrestling, I was getting paid up, literally nothing. I was wrestling once a month for NYWC, uh, and that was it, you know. We wrestled and just got experience. But... You know, thankfully, as time picked up, that changed. But, you know, it's, to me, it was just kind of like what you do. You know, Mikey said we're not going to rate. Okay. You know, I was a kid. I, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to get picked up in three months. And that was not the case. Uh, once I started training, I learned that real quick. But, you know, it was, uh, I look back on those times, and it was really, really just, fun times, you know, I just, I was a kid, I didn't have responsibilities and, you know, learning how to wrestle and then wrestling on shows, like, it was, it was amazing, you know, yeah. it's that time, it's that time of your career where you're not, like, jaded by anything, not that I'm jaded by any sense of the word, but, you know, it's very pure and passion-filled. It's cool to like think back to the times or look at like my earlier matches, and you know you can kind of see that. Wow, it's great to hear. And uh, I'd also want to talk about the uh, the initial. No, I I gotta figure out how I'm gonna how I want to approach this. Okay, so college. That's okay. Let's start there. College. It's known to be. Uh, heavy workload depending on where your you know your standpoint is what you're doing so explain your college workload your workload just in general 
and you know if that affected wrestling or if one you know had effect on the other where did you go to school at you know things like that let me know about that uh, so i went to uh long island university uh which is maybe like 15 minutes from my house and i mean i was a full-time student and i babysat for like three hours a day um so like again this was my wrestling was my priority so i would set my schedule around when wrestling training was you know so tuesday nights uh i think we were training like tuesdays and thursdays so tuesday nights and thursday nights i wouldn't take night classes i remember i had i had to take a bath class and my class would get out around like six o'clock and i'm we usually show up late to training, and I had a, a big match coming up with Tony Nice, and I had a final the same day, so I missed that math final to go to practice and figure out stuff that we were going to do for this big show. Um, and then on the last day of that class, I had to take three, I had to take my final and my midterm all on the same day back to my. So I paid for that, but yeah, I just made it, I just made it work. Yeah, and that's why, I, you know, when I started training people and even my peers as we were training, when people say, oh, I got to work, or oh, I got school, or oh, I got this, it's like, okay, well, you either do this 100% or you don't do this, in my um, you know. Would you say that your sacrifices with that were worth it to where you've gotten today? Yeah, yeah, I mean... Everything I've done has gotten me here, so, um, you know, I, I feel bad at, like, the events that I've missed, the weddings or birthdays and stuff like that. It, you know, it's, it's hard on you, but it's like the, the, the sacrifices you make, you know. I think it's no different than somebody who start their own business and works every day. They don't work Monday through Friday, nine to five. They work every day, all day, and to, to succeed, you know? And for wrestling, you have to, you know, sacrifice a lot to get where you want to go. Wow, okay. <laughs> okay, that was quite a bit taken. Um, yeah, so I guess for anybody that's listening out there, uh, if you want to make this dream come true, any dream you want to come true, or any aspiration you may have, it's going to be some sacrifices uh, that you have to take to get on that road to success, um, in the words of Alex Reynolds. So, Mr. Reynolds, uh, let's continue on with the show. Let's talk about the beginning of your career. Let's, you know, get into that. Your mindset around it. Oh my gosh, darn you, fire truck. Your mindset around it. Um, you know, the in-ring psychology, how you developed your character, L- let's get into that. Um, I mean, I, I came up with a character, kind of picked up with my friends at the time. They were, like, your typical Long Island, like, preppy kids, and they would always wear, like, polo skirts with their collars popped and, you know, pastel colors, so... I kind of came up with this character from Southampton, uh, which is like a very preppy area, 
pretty wealthy area in Long Island. So that was kind of like my first incarnation of it. And then within like three months, I went to more of like a, an old money, wealthy character, like a, my take on like a Nick Bockwinkle type character. And uh, I would call myself yours truly, Alex Reynolds, because I thought it sounded obnoxious. Um, but at the time, we were just running shows once a month. And I think this kind of hurt me in the beginning, but also kind of helped me later on because we were almost discouraged from going and doing other independent shows because, you know, Hawkins and Ryder had just gotten signed. Uh, I think a year after that, Trevor Ryder got signed. So the, not Mikey, but the other owners of the school were like, hey, why are you, why would you want to wrestle in front of 10, 20 people for no money when WWE is looking at our school? And I was young and dumb and naive, so I was like, oh yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So I was only wrestling once a month for the first like two years of my career. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to wrestle more. So I just started branching out and, you know, doing more shows in Jersey and Pennsylvania and just trying to get my name out there. And, um, you know, it was nice that I had like a character, you know, I had my own, one of the guys that I was training with uh, was a butler, was my butler. So we had like this grand entrance, like it was really cool stuff. Um, but people would fall in love with it. So it just kind of, and you just start to network with people and meet people. And it's like, oh, hey, you should check this place out or go, you know, and it just slowly grew from there. But um, yeah, I mean, at that point in my career, I was, you put me in a wrestling ring and I was as happy as could be. It's great to hear the enthusiasm. Great to hear uh, your appreciation for wrestling and how, you know, your character began. But. I also want to talk about, I feel like I'm going all over the place, but it's intentional, so I guess it's alright. Anyways, um, House of Hardcore, Evolve Wrestling, Beyond Wrestling, CZW, my favorite place in Philly. I love you guys. You guys know how much I love you, and you love me, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, let's talk about that. Let's talk about you being, you know... Uh, you know your appearances there. How did you get to this point? You know what routes did you have to take? What connections did you have to, to make to get to this point? Um, evolve. I want to say, guys, my first evolve show was maybe like 2011, um, maybe 2010. Uh, evolve was running at the building that NYWC runs their shows out of, and I think we were doing like. Uh, I think I did like a Dragon Gate USA tryout and then that just kind of parlayed it into getting on Evolve shows. Uh, and me and John Silver were on like Evolve 10 to like 16. Um, and then I took a break for a few years and now we're kind of just starting to come back into Evolve this past year, which has been a lot of fun. Um, House of Hardcore was, man, I met Tommy Dreamer probably in like 2009, 2010. And then uh, I did a project out in California called the Wrestling Revolution Project. And Dreamer was one of the agents. And he took a liking to me, thought I had a lot of potential. 
so he wanted to book a match on the first House of Hardcore show. It was myself versus Tony Neat with Mikey Ripwreck as a special guest referee. It was at uh, the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie. Nobody knew who we were, and we went out, and we literally just... It's my favorite match I think I've ever had, because we've wrestled each other so many times. We trained together for years. He knew my strengths, I knew his strengths, and we just tore it up. You know, we were like the fourth match. We got like the first ever House of Hardcore chant started. And as soon as that match ended, Dreamer came up to us both and he's like, you guys are on every show that I run from now until whatever. And I've pretty much been on every House of Hardcore show from House of Hardcore 1 to present day. So that was just a cool experience. <laughs> And then uh, Beyond, I think we started with Beyond. Uh, myself and John Silver were CZW Tag Team Champions. And they did like a CZW and Beyond like co-promoted show. And we always just started there and been going back ever since. I absolutely love Beyond. I think they don't get the credit that they deserve in wrestling. Uh, you know, having like 1.2 million subscribers on YouTube is just a huge feat and I think that their weekly show that they just started doing on Charter Territory is a huge accomplishment and just a huge kind of game changer and I'm excited to be a part of it and kind of watch it grow. So you're part of, and firstly, before I even continue, that's got to be awesome, your connection with uh, Tommy Dreamer, as well as Tony Neese, now seeing him on TV, but definitely Tommy Dreamer, uh, a legend uh, himself, again, another ECW legend, so um, that's really awesome to hear, you know, the connection you've made with him, but I want to also talk about your viewpoint, your standpoint on the current state of wrestling, uh, of independent wrestling, of independent pro wrestling, of uh, major league uh, wrestling. I mean, not the you know corporation itself, but you know what I mean. Um, WWE, NJPW, Beyond Wrestling, CGW, um, the local indie show that runs you know at a high school. All of those, anything in between. Let me know you know what your thoughts are around it, and you know what part do you play in the whole scheme of things. So I think the, just the current state of all of wrestling is fantastic. I think there have never been more uh, high-level high-level shows run so often that are drawing crazy amounts of people. Um, I think, you know, I started in 2006 and the indies were just kind of garbage. You had, like, you know, your Jersey All-Pro and Ring of Honor and, you know, CZW, but they weren't drawing crowds that, you know, that these guys are drawing now. I mean, you know, if you said to the guys in Ring of Honor in 2006 that, oh yeah, you're going to sell at Madison Square Garden in 2019, they would have thought you're crazy. So, it's so good to see that wrestling has kind of hit like a boom period and that it's getting more mainstream. I was actually at the supermarket today and I just saw a random dude wearing a Cody Rhodes t-shirt and I was like, this is awesome. You know, you can go to, you can just go to the Hot Topic and pick up wrestling shirts. Like, it's mind-blowing just kind of what it's grown into. And I think the play the, the role I play in all of this is 
that there's not many guys, you know, a lot of a lot of guys today are fairly new. You know, I have 13 years experience uh, doing this, and what I like to think at a very high level. And I think I just bring uh, a different aspect in someone that has been has been wrestling for two years. You know, um, I also just thoroughly enjoy helping newer people and kind of giving them a, a different perspective on how to look at something. And I think my work at Creative Pro uh, Wrestling Academy in Long Island and also uh, NYWC in Long Island as a co-trainer has been, you know, a part of that. And it's something that I realize that I enjoy. So it's cool to like help the new crop of kids and guys just get a different perspective and help them learn. Like it's just how the business grows. So it's, That's great. That's got to be awesome to be part of this new era. I mean, like, growing up, again, in the Ruthless Aggression era, I, I saw things on YouTube, you know, with the compilation, CZW, Ring of Honor. I'm like, what what the heck is this? And then I just clicked off the video, pay attention to WWE and TNA. And then, like, now, seeing where it's at now and seeing where you all are at, it's absolutely amazing. You know, I could, uh, I feel like I'm more connected myself as a fan and as a pro wrestling slash multimedia journalist. Um, I feel more connected with you guys. So, thank you so much for contributing yourself to wrestling and, you know, uh, sacrificing um, yourself to wrestling. And that's really cool to hear your side and your perspective on the current state now. Yeah. Um, with that all said, do you think we're going to ever see you, you probably get this question a lot, I don't know, but do you think we'll ever see you on the black and yellow brand anytime soon? I would like to think so. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm a very positive person. I think, I think something's going to happen this year, whether it's that or, uh, another company, I think. I think that the possibilities this year and it, even going into next year, I think. Wrestling, like I was saying before, wrestling is just in a boom period. So I think it's it's a great place for me and for a lot of people to, you know, that we have options to go different places. So I can I don't know if it'll be NXT. I, you know, that would be fantastic but if it's somewhere else uh, i would be just as happy yeah it's great it's really cool to hear uh yeah i can't wait to see where i see you next uh hopefully you know i I don't know i I don't know i just can't wait to see what you you have going on next it's awesome to hear things you've done in the past uh just can't wait to see what's going on in the future and uh this is a relatively short pot of sold folks but uh i think i got a good amount of info i want to have a part two i feel like i can get a little bit deeper but um before we close out the show i always like to ask uh the number one question and that is what are some words of encouragement you can give to any listener at home that has, you know, his boots, his singlet, and his closet, and, you know, he wants to hit the ropes anytime soon, or she uh, wants to, you know, get, you know, her gear on and hit the ring, or they, anybody out there that wants to get in the ring, um, or just has any dream in general, um, what are some words of encouragement you can give to them? Uh, 
you know, it's kind of cliche, but you literally have to give 100%. You know, you can't, it's so easy to make excuses. And this is for everything, whether it's going to the gym or, you know, signing up for wrestling school. Like, there's always going to be a million excuses that you can make. I don't have time, I don't have the money, I don't have this, I don't have that. You're never going to know until you do it. You know, uh, before I signed up for wrestling, I said to myself, I don't want to be 40 years old and realize, oh man, I really wish I signed up for wrestling school and at least gave it a try. I didn't want to have that on my conscience when I was 40 years old. So I was like, okay, I did this. And then when I signed up, I made a commitment and, you know, I stuck with it and I missed a lot of things and, you know, but if this is truly something that you are absolutely passionate about, then, you know, it, you do it. You do it to the best of your ability and, you know, it's not an easy road. There's going to be more lows than highs, but the highs make up for it big time. Well, now I have to ask another question with that. What imprint do you think you're going to leave? What legacy, uh, whether that be in or out of the ring, uh, what do you think you're going to leave on this earth? Uh, man, I don't know. You know, uh, I've been wrestling for a long time, but uh, I always, you know, legacy's weird. Uh I feel like as long as I am happy with the efforts that I put in and, and you know, that I gave my best every time I went out to wrestle, like, you know, then I will be happy. However anybody else wants to remember me, you know, that's cool with them. But I feel like my legacy in my mind will just kind of stay with me. You know, if I know that I couldn't have given any more of what I had to give, then I'm I'm completely happy. And there you go. I think you hit the the nail on the ball or the hammer on the head nail thing, head thing, hammer, whatchamacallit nail, whatever. You hit the nail on the hammer, whatever it is. You hit the head on the nail. Whatever oh my gosh, I keep on botching stuff. You did it. Okay, yeah, you hit the target on the ball. Whatever. You did it. Uh you got the you got the message across. Um definitely happiness i think that's where it all lies at and i think once you're happy once you know what you you're happy with what you did um that's all that matters so um thank you so much for sharing uh your story a piece of your story i feel like there's a lot deeper again i want to possibly have you on the show again for part two down the line sometime throughout the year i don't know either way i want to get you on the show again thank you so much uh mr reynolds for coming on the show uh, please let the hashtag loyal royal listeners know one more time where they can reach you. Yeah, man, it's uh, Twitter and Instagram at uh, YT, uh, as in yours truly, Alex Reynolds. And uh, Facebook, I was just Alex Reynolds. You'll see a picture of my fiance giving me a million dollar dream. 
Oh my gosh! See, there's a lot. There's I feel like there's something more, something more behind that picture than we know. But I, I have to have you on the show again with talking a bit more about who you are uh, beyond the squared circle. Um, and before you know, I'll mention the social media thing, and then I'll ask the question. Uh, social media ring of discussions official. You guys know what to do. Uh, Instagram and Twitter again. Ring of discussions official. Both of our Instagrams and Twitters will be down below in the description of this podcast, so you guys can go and follow both of uh, both of our shindigs, both of our shenanigans, or whatever we have going on, uh, as well as uh, my final question. Here it is. I always ask a random question, and this time I'm going to switch it up. So, out of all your years of wrestling, uh, where is your favorite place to travel to? Uh, for wrestling purposes? No, just anywhere, anywhere. I'm just saying, you know, you've been in wrestling for this long. You know, that's had to open up your doors, open up your eyes to exploration around the world. Where is your favorite place you've ever visited via wrestling? You know what? Yeah, through wrestling. Through wrestling? Uh, California. California. Okay. Yeah, um, I told my parents when I was 16 that if I ever go to California, I will probably never come back. Uh, I just feel like I'm, I feel very like at home there. It's a different vibe than New York, and yeah, I just, that fit. Felt way more comfortable in California than in New York. Hmm. Alrighty. Alright. Well, that was the random question of the day folks that's the random question of this pod episode folks of this interview i want to thank you all for listening thank you so much for uh tuning in to today's pod episode hopefully you guys liked it leave a rating down below subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this on whether it's the apple podcast anchor fm wherever you took the time to listen to the show on doesn't matter where you were at the school uh at the gym uh, I don't know, at your parents' job, waiting for them to get off. Hey, Mom, come on. I want to go home and eat some pizza rolls. Whatever you were doing, I thank you so much for listening to the show, folks. I'm your host of the Ring of Discussions podcast. Your Triple Crown Tri-National Hardcore Cruiserweight Champion of the World. <sighs> Gotta do better with that. But I think I rocked it out. I think I did pretty good this time. I think I did. I don't know. Either way, folks, I'm getting out of here. I'll catch you all later this week. Peace out.